Hello and good morning to Raider Nation. It's the morning tailgate here on a Tuesday. Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker roll inside the Findlay Cadillac Performance Studios. And a lot to get into today. We'll also talk to Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports. We'll have Super Bowl questions that were never asked. We will also have, you know, some uh, thoughts on what are you willing to back the truck up for. And also, let's get a list together for a super pack. Just in case, mm-hmm. for Chris Jones, what are you willing to chip in? Get in your thoughts on the text line, 702-365-9200. That's also the phone number to reach us here at 702-365-9200. Text line brought to you by the Dollar Loan Center, don'tbebroke.com. Well, we're all back together again. How's it going, everybody? Crazy. It's crazy. Feels like crazy time. Feels like, where have we been? You haven't been here for three weeks, basically. It feels like that, yeah. <laughs> you're at the Senior Bowl. Is that the Senior Bowl, seeing, uh, taking a look at uh, who the Raiders might be identifying. There's a lot of talent at the Senior Bowl, by the way. I, I remember. Tremendous amount of talent um, this year, as is pretty much the case all the time. Um, but, and then the Super Bowl. Right. Which was, you know, it's what a beautiful thing for the city, what a beautiful thing for the state, and um just a great event, and seeing them hand it off to New Orleans yesterday, the the you know the great dignitaries from Las Vegas, um, the governor was there handing it over to uh, to uh, the Benson family who own the Saints and their mayor and their lieutenant of whatever, and it's now there. The ball is there. They literally passed the ball. You're right. You know who the first so person to receive that for for New Orleans was actually somebody that we talked to last week, Jay Cicero. We're going to play yeah. his interview at, at some point in today's program. He was the first one to receive it. Yes, exactly. From the commissioner, because it goes it goes Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Sandra uh, was, was there from the from the Raiders and. Um, the governor and uh, Steve Hill from from Las Vegas, and then it goes to the commissioner. Then it goes to New Orleans and their dignitaries. The succession plan. The succession plan. That's what they literally do. And, and as the commissioner said, good luck, because it's. He did bring up a great point. It's becoming more and more complicated to put these things together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the the way it was put together, and it was done in a spectacular fashion. But when you think about all the security concerns. Um, ushering in as many people that were here in town to accommodate those people. Thankfully, here in Las Vegas, we have gazillions of hotel rooms. That makes a huge difference. The prices, did you guys see what the prices were for hotels? Oh, yes, absolutely. Not bad at all. I mean, I was talking to people that, because usually when I go to the Super Bowl, from Sunday to Monday, you're paying $350 a hotel room everywhere. Monday through, Sunday through. Minimum. I had friends that were at the Mandalay for seventy bucks the first couple of nights. They thirty six dollars at the Luxor. Like they, you know, it started yeah, getting for like the Monday Tuesday of the week. But right? even yeah. but even it topped out at like two hundred fifty dollars at the at the Mandalay. If, you know, so that was through the the NFL. It was one of the media you know hotels that never happens anywhere else, and it's indicative of how many hotel rooms are truly here in yeah, Las supply. Vegas. Yeah, exactly. the supply, yeah, uh, supply kind of left, lessened the load on most people. Totally. That's why a lot of people were like. This is where it needs to be all the time. If that's going to – because you save so much money earlier in the week. Yeah, you're going to pay – like you said, it's going to go up on, on game day. But it would because there's so many rooms, everyone had to be competitive and not just price gouge like you can in other cities. Yeah, like let's t- take, for example, like Miami. Let's say the Super Bowl happens Forget there. It. That means if you want to stay cheaply, you have to stay in West Palm Beach or something like that, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. You know, which My, is a long ways away. That exactly. means you got to get rental car. you got to do this, all this other. Which is another expense. Well, no one had to have that problem. No. Coming here to Las Vegas. I, I do wonder what the re- what the car rental situation was like. Usually when I go to a Super Bowl, I, I rent a car. Or if you're at 
um, you know, just the media hotel you can get you can get to and from with with you know the uh, the, shuttle. the the shuttle buses. However, like you said, in a in a in a situation like Miami, where I, the last time we were in Miami, they put us out in the air by the airport. So yes, you got a bus to be able to go down to all the <laughs> events, right? You know yeah. the the media day, the media center, all that. But if you wanted to go out, yeah. now you're Pack all the a way. lunch and a second outfit, or yeah. you better have your sleekest cocktail dress <laughs> yeah. packed away and ready to go. So you sure. better have a car, yeah. basically. From day to night, that transitions <laughs> yeah. well, doesn't it? Let well, your hair down. I get a little sweaty. I may have to have that second, uh, that second uh, outfit in the bag or yeah. whatever, or I'll just go buy one. No, no. <laughs> you get the sport jacket. You put it over the cocktail dress. You wear the sport jacket all day. You put your hair up for the businesses, you yep. know, professionalism. And then at nighttime, you oh. take the pin out, you Jacket goes in the back, Woo-hoo! and Get then you're a whole up. new woman. All right, that, you know, that's all I it like takes. It. Yes. Miami, it's, you're everybody's sweating. The Lindsay like, transition. That's what you do. That's what I was told. Yeah, uh, New Orleans is set up well too because it is sort of a centralized. You know, you don't go. There's not much outside of New Orleans, so it's all it's all right there. Um, as opposed to like Los Angeles, where it's spread out. Even Miami is a little bit more spread out than you think. Uh, when 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 you get there, so uh, great pl- great event, great week for Las Vegas. Everybody, you know, pretty much. Of course, you're going to have your Charlie complainers. Oh, the traffic. It wasn't perfect. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't going to be perfect. It right? wasn't but perfect. It never it's, the fir- is. it's the first run through. Like you know, next time around, like our little leaf that was Radio Row and the security situation and how you had to go check in down here. That was like a mile and a half down. You had to go downstairs, and if you wanted to take a right to go to the food court instead of going straight ahead to the escalators, you had to go through everything again and. That's the smallest potato to ever yeah. complain and, and, about. And I did, I did get the bottom line on that. Yeah, it, it was. It's just security, and it makes sense. Yes. it's just when you really very think, Unfortunately, unfortunately, it makes sense. Correct. Why? Because there's, you know, ding dongs. That was yeah, that your that word? Ding dongs are my new blanket take, term. That will take advantage of situations or, sure. or, or or ruin it basically for everybody else. For sure, you so wouldn't be able to get anybody into media row at all in radio row because it'd be inundated by fans. Yeah, and, and they and were the waiting public. outside yeah. for people like towards the end of the for week. Sure. I guess I didn't put two and two together, and I was like, oh, they're probably trying to catch people as they're of walking course, outside. Yeah. Of course, that makes a ton of sense. But even like for as great and, and equipped this city is in terms of the surge of that moment, how how long did it take you to get to the stadium from the stadium to back to Mandalay Bay for parking on big game day? Like did ten it, minutes? Really? Yeah. What time did you leave? Well, after later. my start, yeah, yeah, way later. Because that what what I always wonder, I'm like, how are they going to filter Frank Sinatra? Right? Are they going to allow turning on, on the other ways? Because like the Golden Knights. Traffic situation where they have everybody park is an absolute disaster. Is an absolute disaster. Well, what time did you leave? I, well, I left literally right after oh. game. I, I got out of there. There so were we buses got running. Caught. Yeah, there, there were buses, buses running. You could have just it, done the uh, the bridge. I ain't walking. Not not at that point. I'd walk too many stairs at that day. My mm-hmm. calves are still sore. Mm-hmm. Still sore from all the because we had to climb the stairs all the way up to the press box. Well, I, A lot were, of walking. People mm-hmm. kept saying that the, mm-hmm. the, the elevators were working. Not that they didn't filter us towards the elevators at all when I when we got there early. Uh, and uh, tip for the next time. Yep. You know that building. No, barely. I know my route. For you when know the, that building. When the Raiders are there, I know that building. That's, but the signage was different. All, the entrance was different. Everything those, was different. All of those things that we know about the Raiders were there. Yeah. So you well, just had to go. I didn't the, have the same credential that you did either. So I couldn't. I had auxiliary. So I, I don't oh. think I was even allowed downstairs the same degree that I am gotcha, for Raiders gotcha. game. Okay. Yeah, you would have been turned away. And that's fine. There was and somebody from fine. the Sun who he's like. <sighs> I'm like what? What is? What's going on? And he's, those steps. Those Keith, steps. Keith, he was, was like, struggling. No, no, no. It was, it was. 
Either of the I saw him in security. Probably one Danny. of the sports editors. No, Danny Webster. Wasn't yeah. Danny. Wasn't Danny oh, was either. Was Danny? He, wasn't Danny Webster. And I was like, no, why did okay. you do that? He's like, they, they, they've closed off all the elevators. I'm like, I just rode the elevator. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, that's I've a first to, chair privilege right there. I've had to climb those stairs. That's like a 16-story hike. That is not right. an easy one to make. And that stadium isn't super easy to navigate either with all the dead ends and how there's only one level where it's a full bowl around. And so there's just a bunch of different ways that you can kind of get lost. Or it's if you go out these doors, there's no re-entry. I'm like, well, I can't go out these ones then. Oh, but, I, I've, so. I've heard some of, of interesting stories over the years at other stadiums where people have had to climb ladders and things like that. <laughs> climb <to get> some, <laughs> right? Nick Canaba climbing a ladder. Right? Can you That'd imagine right. Mid-Dog on a ladder climbing up to first chair? My most prominent, my, my uh, favorite uh Bad elevator story was in New Orleans at the NFC Championship game when the Rams beat him on that terrible pass interference that wasn't called. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. So the the elevator from the elevator downstairs breaks. It's 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 an old building, so yeah. it's prone to happen. So we had to walk through the stands, you know, through the all, you know all the levels, and it was a long walk. I saw people crying. I saw grown men mm. weeping, mm. weeping, mm. howling, crying. There were so many. You could have you could have built a boat. And and drifted away just off the tears that were that were being shed right there. So that that was one where I was like, holy cow, people do take. They have an excuse, so old building. I just don't think they put enough elevators in Allegiant. That's the one complaint I have. I don't think they put enough elevators. There's no way that the media, food service, and people who have ADA privileges should all be put in the same elevator. There's like, what, there, there's, there's no. There's basically for three. That. There's two on that one side. Yeah. And then there's one for us. And then there's there's all kinds of escalators too. So right. um, it's it's. At first, I was wondering about that, but once you kind of get the ins and outs, it's it's it really is actually pretty easy, comparative to other other places. It's like SoFi is very confusing to me. Yeah. Um. To me, to me, um, Allegiant is is once you get it, it's you're, yeah, you, you you got it. But the other scary thing about, or the other interesting thing about yesterday, we talked about the football being turned over to the uh, to the to the um, New Orleans. Is I don't know that the Chiefs are ready to hand the ball off to anybody else anytime soon. That was like when I, I saw, you know, I was kind of doing an analogy here when I saw the, the football being passed over to New Orleans and the passing of the torch. Listening to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid yesterday, uh, they're not ready to pass off any torch. They're already talking about three-peat and doing something that nobody's done in this sport. Nobody's ever won three straight Super Bowls. And it's kind of scary to me to think about that because I don't think that they're going to leave any stone unturned to make that happen. This was the most vulnerable Chiefs team that we can remember over the last however many years that they've been in this. It wasn't the best team. They had to go on the road, uh, and they still got it done with a team that was, I felt the 49ers were the better team, top to bottom. The quarterback was better on on the Chiefs side. But my goodness, what I mean, who's going to slay these guys? Who are going to take these guys down? Especially now they're motivated to do something no one's ever done before. We got away. We got a way to to dislodge the the crown jewel. They they should feel pretty good. I mean, they're, uh, yeah. they're, they were up all night at Resorts World mm-hmm. having a great time, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's that's something that's hard to do. That's why they ha- there hasn't been many to even go back to back. Yeah, the Super first time Bowls. in twenty years that's happened. Yeah, like to I mean that's a very prodigious leap to think you can go and three peat that thing. It's not like as easy it was for the Lakers, for example, or even uh you know, certain basketball dynasties. You don't have to change so many pieces in that regard, but football 
man, that is going to be difficult because there, there's just a, a certain amount of like scrutiny on the body itself and the, the acuity to go and try to go and force yourself to do it again. And it was a hell of a story that they were able to rally themselves to go and propel themselves into greatness when they needed it the most. But can they do that for a third time? I mean, yeah, I, I know they're going to give it their best shot, but there's so many more teams now that are gunning for them that I feel like we were close to beating them and knocking them off the pedestal. There's, they've got more enemies now than they've had before. My concern is they're going to use this offseason to shore up what was um, kind of an issue for them. I think they'll go, they'll go out and address the wide receiver position. Absolutely. They're already the second youngest defense in the NFL. That blew me away when mm-hmm. it was it was uh, Justin Reed who told me that. Um, I was like, what? And then I went back and looked. I was like, geez, Louise, he's correct. Mm-hmm. They've drafted so well on that side of the ball. I know we're going to talk about Chris Jones, and you know, I had the conversation with him about – the facility with the Raiders, and you know, uh, he laughed it off when I talked about you know Raider fans would be really happy for you to hear that you loved that facility. But like, if you're the Chiefs, why would you let him hit free agency? I and they're going to have, have to, I guess. No, they have a week. They have that week. There's a window where you're allowed to talk to your. You, you can you can make you can make it go away before it gets to that point. Like they they'll have an exclusive window to negotiate with them. But if they don't, if they if 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 he's in, you know, and I, they're going to look at it like, all right, you're getting ready to be 30 years old, so they may have a price tag that doesn't fit with this, and then he becomes available. And if you're the Raiders, man, you got to jump all over. Oh, that. if you're the Raiders, this is where uh, the, our creative uh, call to action comes in today for the nation, right? Because we kind of introduced this yesterday. Of what are you willing to chip in for the recruitment of Chris Jones? And we're going to create a Chris Jones super pack. Right? Does everybody can create a super PAC. Anybody can do this, right? Anybody can create uh, an independent, expenditure-only political committee that may receive unlimited contributions from individuals, corporations, labor unions, and other political action committees for the purpose of financing independent ex- expenditures and other independent political activity. PAC and, spending is out of control. It's out of control. And you know what? <laughs> it's not regulated, so we are taking Everything, whatever you have, it doesn't always have to be the the highest monetary value, right? I, I throw out the suggestion. Maybe it's a middle name of your firstborn hypothetical child, right? Maybe you're willing to throw that in there. Maybe you're willing to throw in uh, all three of your Mighty Ducks VHS set tapes, right? Maybe you're willing to throw that in there. Like, I don't know what you hold near and dear. I don't know what you're willing to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But if you want to bring in someone who's going to make a huge impact defensively and then massively weaken the evil empire that is the Kansas City Chiefs, this is the biggest move that you can make. I know we got to talk about quarterbacks. We're going to be talking about it for months. <laughs> well, hey, but this when, guy could what, ruin everything. When the Patriots start talking about might be open to trade number three. That is a it's huge because I didn't think that that was. Okay. I thought one, it's two, open, and three. But we have Chris Jones before he gets yeah. to the market, so we need to create a super pack, and we need thing, what you're willing to contribute. All right, gonna... we'll take a break. We'll come back. Let's get some thoughts here on the on the text line and on the phone seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. We got to take a break. Give us your thoughts on like how do you sweeten a deal. What are you willing to chip in if you want to bring Chris Jones to Las Vegas? He'll have his say with Kansas City, but how do you like put it in the back of his mind like Las Vegas is the best spot? Become a Raider, Chris Jones. What are you willing to part with? All that and more. It's Raider Nation. When you think about all that can be had in an offseason and you're thinking about, all right, your, your draft picks, free agent plunges, you know, none bigger than a target like a guy like Chris Jones. We're back here on the morning tailgate. Raider Nation Radio, and he'll be a free agent, and Kansas City will have a a stab at that first. But can you sweeten the pot? 
can you make things that are like, ah, oh, I, I, I love it here. I'm glad we won some championships, but uh, uh, the grass is greener. Can you make the grass greener in Las Vegas? We'll get your thoughts. 702-365-9200. Jay Cicero will join us our conversation here in, in a few minutes. But uh, we're getting some th- interesting ideas here on the text line as well as on the phone. 702-365-9200. For me, make, you know, really kind of like push the Vegas end of it. You know, and who knows what his real, uh, you know, needs and wants are. But I, for me, I would be like, listen, I would love to have you be a part of our celebrity steakhouse at a, a prominent property on the Strip, as well as a day club. I would like you to be, you know, all summer long. You can hang out while you're, you know, bring your family and you can see the, the crazy, uh, wondrous elements of Las Vegas where you have pool, you have people, you have uh, your own special cabana way up high with all the screens to watch all the all the sports that you want. And it's all yours. It'll be the, you know, it, it'll be yours. And it'll be something that, you know, you know that you have a, a place in this town that they love you. And it's not just when the football season's on. It's all year round. Mm. I like that angle. I like that angle. I'm starting to come up with different names for the Super PAC as we're looking to recruit Chris Jones. So you could probably fall, put this under the committed committee of renaming Jones Boulevard that can be easily changed to have a Chris in it. (laughs) I love that. Just make it Chris Jones Boulevard right away. From the south to the north. Chris Jones Boulevard, brother. The contract (laughs) that he signed before this one, the last one, obviously they had a bad, uh, uh, you know, it was a a contentious situation, but it was a four-year, $80 million contract, Mm -hmm. $60 million guaranteed. That was the contract that ran out ahead of last year. So if you're the Raiders and you're going to put all these perks in that you guys are going to talk, that we're going to talk about, but how much money realistically are you going to are you willing to give him? That's what it's going to all boil down to if we're being realistic. And mm-hmm. I know we're having a little bit of fun with it, but how much money are you willing to give Chris Jones at age 30 years old? It's a big risk, and and I was looking at some articles. There's one in Bleacher Report about top landing places potentially for Chris Jones. The Raiders are on that as well, mm-hmm. and to kind of set all that up, uh, Vinny Iyer. Another Vinny spells mm-hmm. it differently than sports, you do, so he's not, yeah, not nearly as cool as you are. Uh, but he projects that he will ink a four-year, hundred and forty million dollar contract with hundred with a hundred million or more in guaranteed money. And so I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll let's work with that framework, I guess. Right? Uh, mm. Four years. A lot of it's front-loaded, right? Well, you're saying $100 million is guaranteed. So however you want to divide that, $100 million gets guaranteed. And how guaranteed. much How much did, how much did Max get guaranteed? Because that, should that Not also matter? Not nearly Not nearly? Much. Do you think that matters in this case? Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think well, first of all, I think Max is going to be due for a, a new Agreed. deal. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so so you're going to have to you're gonna have to work that into the equation. You're going to have to work. Nate Hobbs, I think, needs to be redone. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens with Amik Robertson. Um. Yeah. I, I, what would you like I mean, it to be, Vinny? If Vinny's saying other Vinny, if Vinny's saying that he's going to get at thirty years old a deal that he got a, a better deal than he got when he was twenty four, twenty five, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'd do that. No, that's classic free agent market, though. You win a couple of championships, you cash out. Of course, he's going to make more money because he's uh, the last couple years he's been all pro. He's got two chips, and he's a big reason why they're back to back champions. That makes I a lot of sense. History, no, it doesn't actually. History will show you that the thir- a third contract for a defensive lineman is usually risky, risky business, right there. So you're not you're probably not going to get. I mean, you're, he is 30 years old, and it's 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 a it's a it's a position that that wears and tears on on your body. He's been been doing it a long time. There's probably a case to be made that he wasn't quite as good this year as he has been in the past. Was so that a? So do you want, not want him? 
I do want him, but not at four years, one hundred forty million dollars with a hundred million dollars. So what? What do you want him at then? I would probably do about. Um, I would make it a a four year deal. That's really a two year deal, and probably give him about forty two million dollars of guarantees, twenty million dollars a year. He made eighteen million dollars last year. Okay. Yeah. Like like like. To start, because you know, you know that somebody else is going to offer him that. Like, there's market, there's market. If pressures. that's the case, then I would, I would, I would bow yeah. out right there. Yeah, I'm not going to give him a hundred million dollars guaranteed. Okay. So the Bills gave Von Miller uh, about that. You know, when he was 30, he's 32 now. A six-year, 120 million uh, deal, which is about 50 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. practically. Uh, uh, I think there was somewhere around like you know maybe 30, 40 uh, at guaranteed at signing. But the point is, is that they felt you know the Bills did at age 30. Von Miller was worth you know something uh, uh, many ticks higher than what we're offering Chris Jones at 100 million, 120 million. But mm-hmm. uh, I would you know I think that's kind of like the going rate. And the thing is, what did Von Miller do this year? Uh, yeah, I heard it <laughs> yeah. was out. You know? Yeah, just like he did the year prior. Yeah, most of the that's contracts. That's the worry. Well, that's and the that's, worry. Then that's the risk. But the Rams also traded for him, and then they went and won another Super Bowl. And so th- there is a degree of well, we're paying Von Miller till he's thirty six, but mm-hmm. we're, we're really paying Von Miller to be amazing at thirty two. And sometimes yeah. that doesn't work. Right. You know, sometimes and, it doesn't work out. So you want that that kind of like crowning achievement for a couple years? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is it worth uh, Montez Sweat money? Four years, ninety eight million with a. Uh, you know, maybe like a you know forty million guaranteed at signing, something like that. So you're you're still at that forty. That's where I'm at. You still have like a four year window, right? Okay, and then you 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 can probably get out of this thing after two years. Exactly. Okay, but you know Montez Sweat is twenty seven. If I here was also thinking like how many other teams are going to be like lining up to give long contracts to Chris Jones? Probably not many. Yeah, you know, but who it has depends the money? on the suiters too, right. because there might be a team. Because uh, how competitive the, the would article, they be? Article again that, that I read, and it's just one article, one opinion. Cincinnati Bengals are in that conversation as well. You don't think they're desperate? You don't think that they're going to find a way to make it work for one mm-hmm. magical year to try? They've already tried to to take Talon off the Chiefs anyway. Didn't they do that with their left tackle? It could be their missing piece, right? Yeah, or, the Bengals. Or, and You're and right. so there, there's also. Your what what level of desperation is? Are you desperate to get better, or are you desperate to beat the best? Because that changes the way that you price and value free agents. And they, they, you know, the Bengals are looking at it also in the same way as if they were in the same you know uh, division as Kansas City, because they have right. to they have to find a way to get past Kansas City the way the Raiders need to. Exactly. So you usurp somebody's power and and obtain that, and next thing you know, you got somebody extremely powerful working with Koontz, Tyree, and Max Crosby all at once. Right, that could be really good. By the way, Von Miller was thirty-three. What were the Bills thinking with this contract? All in. Wasn't thirty? He was (sighs) thirty-three. He's just coming off of another chip. It was a it was a decent season that he had with the Rams. The Rams said no. Mm -hmm. The the Rams said see you later. Thank you. Again, the the desperation of of chasing fifteen. I think that's what it is. That they're like this is the this is a, a big piece. We need to get him before anybody else does. Right? Was anybody offering that kind of money to Von Miller? At 33 years old, I don't remember a lot of teams that were. I mean, if you're Buffalo, sometimes you have to overpay because I'm sorry, where your location is and everything like right. that. You're gonna you're gonna have to talk somebody. And I think there was another deal. Was it in Texas uh, where his home? He was looking at it between Houston or Dallas because, like you said, he's from there. Yeah, he's yeah. from the. He's he, so. But that's so maybe, where there's a price to pay to be first in line too, and to call dibs. I think that's an ill-advised deal by the Bills. Now that I look at it, I mean, I never really looked at the numbers until now. I'm like, holy cow! Right. Like they're going to still be paying him at 35 years old. Now he may, maybe to his credit, 
he's going to bounce back um, and you know give them what what they thought they were going to get. But as we saw with with like a Chandler Jones with the Raiders, and you know things kind of went awry there. But even in that first year at thirty two, he was nowhere near uh, the player that we had remembered years before. So it was a it was a bad deal for the for the Raiders too. It looked good. Uh, for a little while, <laughs> yeah, because well, uh, they, yeah, those the day moves of signing, look good. Yeah, th- those moves look good. You know, and even like you know, from the text line seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred, Raider Rob in Houston says, "Would you rather go after a Khalil Mack at thirty two years old or a Chris Jones at twenty nine years old?" The guy that I would go after, um, it, it, first of all, I would go after Chris Jones ahead of Khalil Mack. Yes, I think he fits the system better too. Um, you know, uh, the, the defensive system that they're playing. But the I, I'll get his name here. But the but the defensive lineman from um, Baltimore, who I think is much younger too, and had a fabulous year, and and you know would fit really well with uh, with, um, with with Max with uh, Max Crosby. So that's the guy that I, I don't want. I mean, first of all, he's due seventeen million dollars. I think this year, Kilo Mac is. So uh, and I I have to check to see how much of that is guaranteed and what the what the path would be for the for the Chargers to to let him go or to move off of him, um, but I wouldn't pay Matt Kilomack seventeen million dollars next year. That's yeah, just money, you know. <laughs> St. Well, Louis just move Ra- it around, anyways. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, this is the pack. This is the Chris Jones pack, and I think uh, St. Louis Raider D wants to get a special advisory role on this pack. Mm-hmm. He says, "I thought that I wholeheartedly believe Jones is gone, mainly because of his view of being disrespected. We can sell him with working next to Mad Max, being on a squad where coach and coaches listen to players' input, being on a squad that beat the three big coaches of the Wild Wild West, plus tax free." Oh, St. Louis Raider D. I like where that's going. Getting an idea of also like, would Chris Jones want to be on a, in a position that all right, you got a competitive team that might win a Super Bowl, or trying to compete for one anyway, mm-hmm. and at the same time maybe even have dare I say a seat at the table or at least have a, a system where people are listening to you and you're getting your your input is being absorbed. Spot Track has uh, Chris's market value as three years, eighty five million dollars. Um, that might that might be doable, and and if it's, I wouldn't necessarily guarantee every cent of that. Maybe like sixty, sixty-five million dollars guaranteed, um, something along those lines. But whatever, Vinny from Sports Sporting News, <laughs> whoo, hundred million dollars guaranteed, one hundred and forty million dollars. I don't. It know might about that. get to that though. Like honestly, I depend, would not do depending it. Depending on how many people are in line yeah. for him and everything. But then you also have to look at, well, you could go older, too. You could go after, like, Fletcher Cox and go with a shorter-term deal. You could maybe try that if you don't want to go for the absolute house. Or maybe that's your kind of consolation price. Because that's where it's like, do you want an end or do you want somebody to play the interior? Because I want somebody to play the interior. Yeah. I want to give Malcolm Coons a chance. I think he's earned a chance. I do too, and I want to, I want to have that that guy that can also be like lining up at different spots. Correct. How good are you at that? I want that versatility, and that's what they're trying to train Tyree Wilson in as well, and 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 trying to uh, ease his development a little bit that way. But that's where you could even say, well, Daniel Hunter, but he's an end as well, and so I, I want somebody with with some interior experience or at least some some malleability. In if that. I could, if I could get uh, the Vikings defensive end. I, I I like Kuntz, but I'd rather he might be more expensive be ro- than, be, than Chris Jones. Be a rotational player, and uh, because those two defensive ends right there, yeah, um, that would be devastating. With 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 Malcolm doing what he does, come off the bench and be a great mm. role player. Like you, you can't have too many of those. I don't know play in and play out, 
Um, if Kuntz is a guy that, you know, he's not that good against the run. He's sort of on the smaller side. Maybe he's just that specialist that comes in on third downs or on passing downs and utilize him him, him that way. Hmm. And, of course, we're not we're always forgetting to hear about Tyree Wilson, too. Right. Exactly. And so that's where it's it's it depends. And, and there is something to be said about choosing outside and, and replacing somebody that's developed within the system and, and going that way as well. There's different ways to pay for things and there's different consequences to to each decision. And we're getting some great stuff. And then don't be broke. Text line 702-365-9200. Uh, Snake Man go, comes with this uh, this little quip. Why would Chris Jones come to the Raiders when he has a chance to win three in a row and be a perennial Super Bowl contender, if not winner? I, that's that's part of the recruiting challenge is that he does have a chance to go three in a row. But I think if he's smart and if his agents, based off of what we saw and, and how the choreography played out to start this season, mm-hmm. he was in the stands for week one when they were playing your Lions, Chris. They're gonna get there they're gonna make sure he gets to market. They wanna they wanna get Max Valley. And he might still pick to go back with the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think he's getting to market. I think he's going to get the market because here's a couple things. Yeah, you want to be – who would want to turn down a chance to win a third title? But, 100%. see, the Chiefs have a problem here. They have guys on, on the defense that have expiring contracts. Uh, Derek Nandi, uh, Mike Dana, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, Legereus Sneed. Okay, those are starters that also have expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have enough money to spread around and bring everybody back, especially if they have that, you know, that real desire for a three-peat. So they have, you know, they have uh, some you know, working to do. I don't know if they're going to be able to not only you know, give Chris exactly what he's looking for in Correct. this next market where a lot of people will have that bag. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that's where it comes down to, especially for free agency. They look at the money first, and then they look at the quarterback of the next team and the opportunities of giving a chance to go and win a title. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that the Chiefs could do uh, also, because you mentioned some other free agents uh, and you have to work around the salary cap, is but they're making so much money right now in Kansas City. Just, just if you really want to keep them, give them a really uh, a big signing bonus bring that salary down. Um, like like this year, he made $18 million. There was no way to manipulate that at all. That was it. That was what you got paid. That's what it counted uh, against on the salary cap. If you're the Chiefs, you could re-sign him and give him a $30 million signing bonus and pay him $1.5 million in salary uh, next year and then pay off that signing bonus over the next, you know, mm. f- the, the length of the contract to be able to put the, um, to be able to make it, uh, flexible on your salary cap. So there's ways, and they have an advantage in that because they are printing money right now in Kansas City uh, to be able to do that. And that's the one thing that I do worry about him ever even hitting free agency is I think that they they see history right here. They see a moment in time of we could do something that no team has ever done. Mm-hmm. And even if they have to overpay or figure out some different ways and creative ways to get it done – you don't get you don't let Chris Jones leave that building because you're gonna have to look at Patrick Mahomes and he's gonna be like, what are we what are we doing right, right. now? Right, but there might be a point where if you love someone, you let them leave and then you hope that they come back to you, right? Because you can they have that time to negotiate as you said, but then if he wants to go explore free agent, like by all means go explore because they do have a great selling point in Kansas City. Go see what else is out there. I don't think you do that. I think, well, I, here's the thing. It. Chris can do what he wants. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, he definitely like, can do what he wants, but I think he wants to stay. And if the money's right, then he will stay. Well, we also talked about that the Chiefs are also looking to add free agent wide receivers to the mix. Yeah. They are not or cheap. Draft, yeah, no. Those are not cheap. So what, what, what do you really – they have opportunity costs, but to go into a three-peat situation, 
Man, that's like Mission Impossible. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We have a conversation with the executive director of the New Orleans Super Bowl, Jay Cicero. He joins us next here on Raider Nation. Thanks for being with us here on Raider Nation Radio. Good morning, Tailgate. Hey, keep your thoughts coming on our text line at 702-365-9200 on the Chris Jones Pack. What are you willing to chip in? we got some great thoughts here. We'll get to them uh, in just a few minutes. Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports is set to join us at 8 o'clock as our conversation with Jay Cicero, the executive director of the New Orleans Super Bowl, sat down with Lindsay and I, and we started off with, good morning, Jay. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So how many notes have you taken from the Super Bowl that you're going to bring back to your hometown in New Orleans? (laughs) I take notes at every Super Bowl that we attend. Um, we go every year. Usually don't go to the game, but we go every year and observe, meet with the host committee, meet with the NFL, um, and, and learn, kind of learn what to do and maybe what not to do. You know, every city has its own strengths and weaknesses. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we try and take those strengths and can we apply it to New Orleans? Or, uh, or if we did do this in New Orleans, why wouldn't it work or why would it work? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and being here, you have to be here in order to observe it. How many number of Super Bowls is this now? Ten or eleven? This will be our eleventh Super Bowl. Right. It'll be my fourth. That's a that's fascinating because everyone considers because New Orleans is kind of like a global city that it's perfect for the Super Bowl. Everyone really keys up for when it's down in the Big Easy. Nobody can deny the kind of cultural and atmosphere and the kind of attitude and energy New Orleans has as a city. So how do you try to keep it different from the years previously? First of all, you're hired as a spokesman. Look at this, Clay. We yes. got you another job. <laughs> but um, see you guys later. <laughs> you know the uh, it is it is a challenge after doing after having eleven to what what do we do to make it uh, refresh yeah. what we're doing? So, you know, we have a theme now of it's what we do. Uh, so <laughs> is that right? Because it I is what that. we do, right? <laughs> yeah, and that and that is a testament to the eleventh the eleven Super Bowls have been awarded to New Orleans. Yep. Um, and you know our our culture is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a very diverse uh, um, city, a, a very diverse state, and we want to promote that uh, more than more than uh, maybe other cities are able to promote it. Well, and we've been uh, very fortunate to have uh, again. Our, this will be my fourth, but this event is so different than in any other event. It brings people together. Now we've done uh, four. We've had six final four, men's final fours in New Orleans. Our organization has managed four of them. Yeah, okay. we've had we've had uh, uh, two or three WrestleManias. We've had yes, um, that's right. Women's final fours, four women's final fours. We've managed Amazing. all of them, uh, and so uh, having been that intimately involved with all these events over the years, there are there are there are parameters that you have to obey. You know, NCAA parameters are different than NFL parameters, uh, and so. You know, there are challenges associated with each event. You know, with, with Super Bowl, you have to raise the funds necessary to fulfill all the obligations in the bid. And I know Sam Joffrey had to do that here. Yeah, Sam did a uh, fantastic job. A lot did. of work in a short amount of time. He did. And, you know, it was very unique. Sam worked for us for 25 years and, and was my counterpart, or our counterpart, and was our associate executive director of the Super Bowl in 2013. Mm. And so he kind of learned and cut his teeth with us. He used all that. And, and being able to expedite what happened here in a very short period of time. So when New Orleans was originally awarded 2024, I don't know if you know that, um, back in 2018, mm-hmm. when the NFL uh, and the Players Association renegotiated the collective bargaining agreement in early 2020, 
they decided to add an additional game. That's why it went from 16 to 17 games. Right. Mm-hmm. That 17th game pushed the date of Super Bowl to this weekend coming, which is the second weekend of Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Slight so, big deal, that so whole thing. It is. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the one thing that's bigger than, than Super Bowl, believe it or not. Yeah. I believe it. And so, in New Orleans at least. Yeah. And so, um, uh, we, had, we had actually planned that this could happen when we negotiated the contract with the NFL back in 2018 during the bid process. Hmm. Um, we knew there was going to be a collective bargaining agreement uh, negotiation. We didn't know when. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what's going to be the results of it, but... <laughs> So we put some language that basically said in the contract that basically said if the result of the CBA uh, 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 resulted, this is a bad way to say it, but resulted in a, oh, yeah. uh, a one additional game and it conflicted with uh, the second weekend of Mardi Gras, then New Orleans would be awarded the next available Super Bowl. And that was 2025. So we pushed it in March and in May of 2020, we started working over the pandemic started working towards moving 2024 to 2025 and that's when Sam was approached uh, to be able to uh, work the bid for uh, Las Vegas and then they ended up hiring him as the executive director that's interesting take all the credit yeah he, take he all probably the credit. didn't he probably didn't tell you all that but that uh, <laughs> no. But no he, he is he's very good at what he does and there are very few people that could come to a new city for Super Bowl and do that in two two and a half years Absolutely. We're here with Jay Cicero here with us from the New Orleans Host Committee. And, and the city of New Orleans has been through quite a bit. And it's been a few years since the quite a bit came through, yeah. right? And I'm, I'm reading through some of the, the prep material here, and there's been more than 300% growth since 2009. Mm-hmm. Economy reaches nearly $900 million in New Orleans. I got to think being a sports destination and has aided this city in becoming probably something better than it was before, or at least a, a different version of itself, like all cities do. But uh, as you've gone through that process, being part of four Super Bowls there, how have you seen that unfold for the city of New Orleans? Because I've been there. I went there for a music festival in 2017. Mm-hmm. I threw up in a few trash cans, had a great time. <laughs> uh, but, but just to see what sports means to that town yeah. and how that's kind of been uh, almost the foundation of, of its rebirth, basically. Well, it all it all starts with the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and and that is uh, and, and now we have the Pelicans, of course. Mm-hmm. And the Saints and the Saints and the Pelicans are owned by the same. Yeah. I don't know if y'all knew and that. now you got LSU women's basketball well, too. LSU now it's a big time. And, yep. Um, I went I went to college with Kim Mulkey. She was in my class. Oh, really. Cool. So was Carl Malone, believe it or not. Hello. And uh, uh, at Louisiana Tech, and That's awesome. uh, she. She sat right in front of me for uh, several of my classes, and you know she had the long uh, sure. hair, pigtails. Fits then too. The outfits were this still uh, just no, as lo- not, not yet uh, dramatic yeah. in the outfits. But okay. man, could she play? Yeah, and she was fierce, just like she is uh, on the, on the court uh, now as a coach. Um, and Carl Malone, I mean, nobody knew who Carl Malone was or what he what he could be. He was a great player in college, right? Yeah, and you knew that, but you didn't but know he was going to be the ultimate power for it. He, look, he couldn't fit in the desk. He was, <laughs> he was so big. He was like, he was like, who is that guy? He's huge, right? Well, that's Carl Malone. I was like, oh. So the, the, the women's games would sell out because they were winning national championships every year yep. at Louisiana Tech back, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. early 80s. And the men's games would have 1,000 people there, right? And so, <laughs> uh, and you had Carl Malone and it had some fantastic teams. But it, uh, that was, uh, but you mentioned women's basketball coming along because of Ken Mulkey. That's, that is a big factor, and it is a growing, uh, uh, a growing economy in the state of Louisiana. Is mm-hmm. a sports economy. You also have LSU uh, uh, baseball team mm-hmm. won the national championship 
same year as the women's basketball team, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and college World Series champion. So, um, you know, they, they draw 10,000 people a game for baseball wow. games at LSU and have for 25, 30 years. Wow. It's incredible what they do. They're the number one draw in, in college baseball across the country. Uh, and so it's, it's, they have that type of program and that type of history. Right. Uh, so it's not just New Orleans and the Pelicans and, and, and the Saints, of course, but it kind of starts there. Sure. Uh, NFL team always is dominant uh, uh, across the state, and, 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 and we love it. And Mrs. Benson, who owns our, uh, the, both teams, they do a great job. She and her staff work together with us on the Super Bowl host committee. Mm -hmm. And whenever we host an NBA All-Star game, we work together for that, too. Uh, so we've done three NBA All-Star games together. The last also, one I so. remember was when Boogie Cousins got traded, like right before or right after, and there's a lot of drama around oh, it. Oh, man, but. it was like the sky was falling yeah. when that went yeah. down. Yeah. Hey, we're speaking with Jay Cicero, uh, Executive Director of the New Orleans Super Bowl Host Committee, NOLASuperbowl.com. Make your plans now to get down to the Big Easy for the biggest game of the year. And just real quick, I mean, the, New Orleans has had a great history for the entertainment. In fact, they had the first celebrity entertainer, Carol Channing, uh, <laughs> many years ago. And mm -hmm. she's saying, hello, Dolly. <laughs> Jay, are you going to bring me back? Carol Channing needs some work. <laughs> You're in. Is that, what's it like to work with James Carville, though? That's also part of your committee. James and James Carville, Mary Madeline were our co-chairs for the Super Bowl host committee in 2013. He is the biggest sports fan you ever want to meet. <laughs> oh, that's cool. People want to, you know, they want to get involved. They want to talk about politics, this and that. He doesn't want to talk about politics. He wants to talk about sports. Cool. And and Mary's as gracious as she can be. She has to be in order to put up with him. But uh, he'll <laughs> tell you that to, to, to begin be the first with. One to say it. But he is he's a he's a special guy. He is uh, an extreme uh, sports fan. He loves Louisiana and New Orleans, and we could we could have had no better spokesperson uh, for our state and for our city back then. Uh, I mean, walking him around this media center uh, in Miami uh, and uh, 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 Dallas and Indianapolis leading up it's to like 2013. It's like a force of walking around. It was it, it, look. It was he was a celebrity superstar back then. It was it was a lot of fun, and that gave us the opportunity. Gave him the opportunity to talk about all the great things happening in Louisiana, which mm -hmm. you talked about just a minute ago. Thank Jay, I, it's awesome to have you on. We really appreciate it. We look very forward to seeing what happens next year in New Orleans. NolaSuperBowl.com and NolaSuperBowl on Twitter and Facebook. Have a great day, man. We appreciate it. Thank you both. Of course. Back after this on the morning tailgate.